Climbing Hinge Podcast, Relationship Sabotaging, Becoming the Fox, Part 2. And we're becoming the fox in order to prevent sabotage. In this case, relationship sabotage, where your partner is purposefully doing things in order to sabotage the relationship. You might be asking, why would somebody do that? Why would somebody purposely sabotage a relationship? And there are lots of reasons, deep-seated reasons why. And we're going to get into that on this podcast. So what we're going to do here on this podcast is, first of all, we're going to talk about and define what relationship sabotage is. Why is it done? We're going to go through the different reasons why your partner, why women, men do this too, but we're going to focus on the female here, why females commit relationship sabotage, the the deep-seated reasons within their psyche why they act out the way they do. We're going to talk about some methods that your partners may be using to sabotage relationships so you can identify them and understand why they're doing it. I'm going to go through and read a number of quotes from women that were interviewed in various research so you can get a really good understanding of their psyche, why they are sabotaging. And then we're going to talk about how we become the fox. The fox is the master of reversing the trap. And in this case, your partner is creating traps, sabotaging. If you fall into them, it will then give them reasons to pull away and the relationship, etc. Obviously, if you want your relationship to work, your aim is to prevent sabotage. We must become the fox, part two, to identify sabotage and then reverse the trap so we don't fall into it. Okay, so let's get on with this here. Let's go into defining relationship sabotage, kind of what are the objectives here. Self-sabotage basically is a strategy with the overall aim to protect the self. And that's from Jones and Burglass in 1978. It is a relationship sabotage is our goal-oriented defensive strategies, um, typically formed by attachment styles, avoidant, anxious, to protect the self. The person has a deep-seated fear of something, and in order so that they don't face their fears, they sabotage. That way they never have to deal with, with the rejection or the fear that they're facing. All right, let's just go through some of the reasons why a partner may be sabotaging. Let's just say they have a deep fear of abandonment. They have a deep fear of being abandoned. It's so deep that they will sabotage the relationship so that they never have to face that fear. And that's how it works. And when it comes to fear of abandonment, a lot of the people who suffer from this are also um, BPD, borderline personality disorder. And it can run so deep within their psyche and in their way of behaving that their behaviors and their sabotaging behaviors can be very subconscious, not even aware that they're fully doing it. Another fear um, that can lead to sabotage is fear of intimacy. 
your partner may have a, a deep-seated fear of intimacy as the relationship grows and you get closer and it gets more intimate they get more fearful and they sabotage they do various things we're going to talk about what those are your partner may have a feeling of inadequacy they're not good enough they don't feel they're good enough for good relationships so they sabotage them your partner have, may have feelings of no self-worth. I'm not good enough again. Similar to inadequacy, low value, no self-worth. And so they sabotage. A lot of times these people sabotage good relationships and then they substitute them with bad relationships. Doesn't make any sense, does it? They don't feel they're good enough. And they don't want to have to face up with that, that sense of inadequacy or low self-worth. So they have a relationship with somebody that's not going to be any good. A person may have rejection sensitivity. They're very sensitive to being rejected, so they, they can often retaliate if they feel rejected. Or if they see cues associated with rejection, it can, it can trigger a stress response. Um, research from Downey and Morgois, 2004. All of those are reasons why somebody may sabotage. Fear of abandonment, fear of intimacy, commitment, feelings of inadequacy, feelings of no self-worth, rejection sensitivity. Um, they're more, and we talked about attachment styles. If somebody has an avoidant attachment style, if you get too close, they get fearful, they may sabotage. I've experienced that many times. If the other person has an anxious profile, and they're, they're constantly worried or they're going to be rejected or abandoned, they may sabotage. Different techniques um, for sabotage, that's what we're going to cover through here next. So those are the main reasons. There's more, but those are the core ones, and they have to do with attachment styles and fears. Um, let's go through some, some strategies now that your partner may use. They may use defensiveness. And this can include distancing, withdrawing and stonewalling within the relationship. That's from Hebe and Malamuth, 1995. And distancing means that the person creates more distance. They're not as available, they text less, they're not as responsive, their messages are shorter. And what happens is you feel that. You feel a rejection when your partner does it. And if you feel it and you act on it, you chase them. And if you chase them, guess what happens? It, it, it heightens their fears and so they, they distance themselves more. So you have to be very careful. We're gonna talk about how to handle this. Like the red fox, um, a person can use what's called pretending. This is from Cole, 2001. Deceiving oneself or their partner about their feelings. Their partner might have deep feelings for you, but they, they pretend they don't. And you're, you're like, I can feel it. I sense that she wants me. I can really feel something, but She's holding back. That could be what she's doing. Another tactic is self-silencing. This is from Jack uh, and Dill, 1992. Suppressing one's thoughts to protect the relationship. They're suppressing their thoughts about the reality of the relationship, perhaps. Not being truthful with themselves. They know what's true deep down. They suppress it. And typically what happens in that case, it can lead to depression of the person. It can also lead to simmering anger and contempt for the partner long term that then comes out 
in other avenues as, as passive-aggressive behaviors many times. Arguments. That's another one. Your partner may be starting arguments. It's important to know. You always want to understand what are they trying to achieve? What is going on with my partner? You give the example where my partner comes home from work. I've been home. There's a couple of empty dishes in the sink and my partner says, I, I can't believe I can't come home and to ever to an empty sink. Now it could just be it's that time of the month with the menstrual cycle, possibly, or it could be she has some latent anger at me about something else and it's coming out in that passive aggressive manner. Now, if I get into an argument with her about the due dishes, you know, it's going to incite things and it's going to increase her anger. If I just look at her and say, okay, I understand. She'll probably come back to me later and apologize. Again, be the red fox. A lot of guys like to feel challenged by their partners when they're being argued with and things like that. Do not take these things as challenges. You need to submerge your ego to play this out, reverse the trap like the red fox. Understand why your partner is trying to start an argument with you and then proceed from there. I'm going to talk about strategies for dealing with that. You may have a partner that's acting out. They don't want direct confrontation. Um, they have anger. They have something else associated with you, which is bad. Um, it might have hurt them. And then they act out and it's a disassociated from anything else that's going on. And you're trying to understand why are they acting out like this? Probably because they're angry or mad and they're sabotaging. Another person may keep track of your faults. That happens. They create a scoreboard. If that is going on, you want to make sure that you are not allowing them to have things that they can easily add up. We talked about BPD, borderline personality disorder, especially the uh, people who have experienced extreme abandonment. These people can act very, very subconsciously with their sabotaging, not even fully aware they're doing it. Their fears of abandonment run so deep that it just runs through everything they do. Some of the things that they can do are oversharing information. I mean, they tell you things that they shouldn't be. A guy was flirting with me. I met some guy when we were dating and I had sex with him. Women do not tell men these things because they know it creates conflict. So if they tell you these things and they're sharing information they shouldn't be, there's a good chance sabotaging. Possibly the person is uh, suffered from abandonment, maybe borderline personality disorder. Obviously we can't prescribe that in any way here, but it's possible, all right? The BPDs will overshare information to sabotage. They will have misplaced anger at you. They can be very impulsive in their behavior. They can lash out over dinner at, at something. What you want to do is, again, be fully aware of the motivations of your partner so that you can handle these situations in a correct manner, which I'm going to go through. Let me read some quotes here about women. This is from some research and they talk about why they sabotage. Here's person number one. I tend to emotionally and physically distance myself. I find it very difficult to trust men. Think about that. She can't trust men, so she sabotages. Number two. 
I tend to detach myself from the romantic side of the relationship if I feel I'm getting attached too quickly. Things can be proceeding very well. It's going well. All of a sudden, she's detached. You don't know what's going on. This is a good chance this is happening. Next one. I escape my feelings however I can. This woman says, by daydreaming, drinking too much, gambling, having sex with other people. Next one, female. I shut down. I do not speak my mind and sometimes I cheat. She cheats the sabotage. It's that, it runs that deep in some of these people. Next one, I do not like being dependent on men. Vulnerability, being vulnerable terrifies me, so I sabotage. Next one, I think I stopped trying to make an effort. I stopped voicing my concerns. Uh, we talked about that self-silencing. Um, next one, I distance myself no, and I know I'm being destructive and not really giving the relationship a chance. She knows she's being destructive. Next person, woman, I expect relationships to hurt so I get defensive or shut down. Next one, I protect myself from getting hurt in a relationship by putting all of my walls up and not letting my guard down. Again, guarded. Another woman, I used to tell small lies about how I'm feeling so she wasn't fully honest. Another woman, I may pretend I don't care or I would justify I'm not good enough and one day my partner will realize that and leave. <laughs> These are some deep-seated, some maladaptive issues going on. Next person, I self-sabotage potential good relationships which could lead to marriage and a boyfriend and put myself in relationships which are doomed to fail. I have a deep fear of being abandoned. Think about this. This person will not engage in positive relationships. She seeks out bad ones because she has such a fear of abandonment. Think about a woman that you might know that's behaving like this so you can understand what's going on. Next woman, if the other person gets too close too quickly, I get overwhelmed and usually do something to sabotage it. I feel trapped. I don't like it. Finally, last one, another woman. I sometimes underplay my romantic feelings before the other person can hurt me. Think about all these quotes I just read from, from women and think about how deep-seated their fears are in order to be behaving like this. And then think about your relationship with your partner the partner you're trying to be with and, and start to put these into place. And we want to have empathy. And we did the empathy podcast. We want to have an understanding. We want to be able to live as if we're the other person so we can understand why they behave the way they do. That's the first step in empathy. And then we can have greater sympathy and compassion for the person that we love. All right, so what do we do with all this information? Sabotaging is basically creating traps, right? They're sabotaging <laughs> your, your, your wheels on the car, for example, but they're sabotaging the relationship. If we're smart, cunning red foxes, smart, cunning Spartans, like the Greeks, the Greeks worship cunning intelligence, we wanna become the fox, reverse the trap. So we can't fall into these traps, these sabotage, these saboteurs, and let's go through how we do that. I'm going to go through specific examples on some of the topics we discussed. The person is withdrawing or silencing. They're withdrawing from the relationship. Let's just say they have a fear of intimacy, a fear of commitment. So, um, and I've experienced this myself, quite, quite experienced at this one. 
My partner starts to withdraw because of her fears. She has less texting, she's non-responsive, she doesn't respond back as much, she has shorter messages, she's less expressive, they're more business-like. Or she might even have told me she wants space. Um, what's gonna happen here, now let's go through the sequence of events. She's scared, she withdraws, I feel her withdrawing. I experience a level of rejection because she's not meeting my expectations. My expectations are not met, it triggers my dopaminergic uh, system, activates my dopamine neurons, but they don't get dopamine because my expectations aren't met. I feel rejection and a craving and I want to do something about it. This is where we get back to our podcast on rejection. Reframe, resist, elevate. And so if you use that method all the time, you can become really good at this and you becoming the fox. So if I feel rejection and I feel a craving, what, and I chase her, I reinforce her fears, right? About, about commitment and intimacy. So she runs more. That's how it works. What I have to do is reframe, resist, elevate. So I reframe. If I acknowledge and understand the fact that she is scared, if she has a fear of commitment and intimacy, and, and then I match her withdrawing to a certain level, I, I do less texting, I mix up my response times, I shorten my messages. I'm still positive, free and loving, but maybe a little bit less expressive. She will then feel that I'm not chasing her, right? And since I'm not chasing her, I'm matching her energy to a degree, um, a number of things happen. She'll feel more safe in the relationship because I'm not chasing her. Her fears aren't reinforced. So the first thing that happens, she will feel safer. Because I'm not chasing her and she expects me to, I exceed her expectations. When I exceed somebody's expectations, it increases their dopamine transmission, rewards them, they feel better about me. Because I'm semi, semi kind of rejecting her a little bit, I'm not chasing her, she feels a little bit of my, my scarcity and it makes her want me more. That's how scarcity works. It evens the balance of power in the relationship. And the theory of le least interest tells us that the person who is least interested in the relationship has more power. I'm trying to balance this out. So it gives me more power. It builds trust. My partner can trust me more, right? Because I'm behaving in a considerate, positive manner, which says I have their best interest at heart. Since it's not reinforcing her fears, it's conditioning her to handle her fears. I'm also allowing her to feel heard, acknowledged, accepted by her behavior, not fighting it. I just went through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven or eight positive things. I did seven or eight positive things to impact my partner's emotions simply by matching their energy, reducing my energy, not texting them as much, not being as overall expressive, still being positive and, and nice towards them. I did a whole bunch of things that were very positive for the relationship. That is what becoming the fox is, reversing the trap. We got to reframe, resist, and elevate. Let's go through another example. My partner is starting arguments. <laughs> I've experienced this before. First thing to say is if they're starting arguments and, and is it something to do with that time of the month where they have a, a, tester, a, a estrogen progesterone collapse and so they're, they're much more sensitive and argumentative. 
is there something else going on? Why are they arguing? That's what you want to ask yourself. And if they have a, 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 an agenda that they're trying to cause arguments and friction, first thing you should do is say, I'm not going to fall into the argument trap. I've experienced this. Now, I knew my partner was purposely starting arguments because she had a fear of commitment and a fear of intimacy. So she was trying to sabotage and she started to accuse me of things that were her fault, actually, not mine, but I knew this and I wasn't going to get into an argument and it wasn't worth something. I wasn't going to stand on that hill and die. And so when she started to do it, I just said, okay, I understand. I, I totally get it. She had a lot of anger and energy. It lasted for like an hour or two where she was really bringing it to me, trying to blame me for this. And after I, I soaked up her energy and it went, went away. So I was successful in negating what she was trying to do. She was trying to start an argument, create friction, where then thereby then she could use it as an excuse to create distance in the relationship. Always be aware. Do not argue. Arguing will get you nowhere. We have a podcast on getting to yes, negotiating, um, and a technique for doing that. See that podcast. Do not fall into the trap of arguments. Let's go into another one. Rejection sensitivity. Your partner is highly rejection sensitive. If they ask you to do something, or they're trying to make love to you or something, and you are going to say no, what you want to do is give them a very eloquent, articulate explanation that's highly transparent as to why you are not taking them up on the offer. Let me give you an example. Let's just say my partner is highly rejection sensitive and we've been working to get the relationship back. She doesn't fully trust me, but she's coming on to me in a sexual way. I don't think it's proper for me to have sex because she's told me she doesn't trust me yet. She told me she isn't fully healed, therefore I should not be having sex with her. I know that can lead to problems. So what I do is I tell her, I say, as much as I would like to make love to you, you're beautiful, and I desire you. What's most important is that I respect how you feel and you've told me you don't fully trust me yet and you haven't forgiven me. And I, I feel it's really important before we move things to that step that, that you've worked through that and that's really important to me and it's important to me that I respect you for that. It's gonna, it's gonna lessen her feelings of rejection if I tell her that. So always, when, if you have a highly rejection-sensitive partner, you need to fully explain things when you're saying no. You have to take a little bit more time. Otherwise, we talked about this, they can retaliate after perceived rejection. Well, you probably don't want that to happen. All right, the next, go, next round, person is self-silencing. They're suppressing their thoughts. This is a, this is a tough one because you may not even know what they're suppressing or pretending. Um, they may be protecting the relationship. They want, it, they, they want it to work in some ways, even though they, they, they don't think it's valuable. All kinds of different things. Best thing to do with a partner is to always work and be fully present. Allow them to be heard. Acknowledge what they're saying. Be respectful and supportive of them. If you do that, so if my partner's speaking and I acknowledge, I rephrase what she's saying, I, I let her know that I appreciate her, appreci her, I appreciate her expressing herself, and that's what makes her a unique and special woman, I don't get upset and I have safe behaviors, she's more likely to express herself. 
And if I keep doing that throughout the relationship, I can condition her to do that. Might take time, but that's what I want to do. Let's go on to the BPD, borderline personality disorder, some of the common ones. Oversharing, misplaced anger, impulsivity, and lashing out. Uh, they are big time sabotagers, and a lot of it's very subconscious. You need to be aware, if you are with a person that has been abandoned in some shape or form, they may have deep-seated fears. Be very careful, do not react to these people. You must be very unaffected. If they're trying to start arguments, do not take the bait, absorb. If they are oversharing information, one good thing to say is, please stop, uh, you, that is not something that you need to share. For example, they're talking about other guys. There's different ways to handle the other guy thing. You have to go into different levels of, of how, how they're sharing. But just know, if they're oversharing information, they're trying to sabotage. We don't want them to do that. One way to handle it, again, is, hey, you don't have to share that. That's, that's personal business, and I'd appreciate it if you keep that to yourself. They may have misplaced anger and arguments at dinner, at, at things that they may yell, they may become very abrupt in anger. Do not react to them. Face them, open, full body, eye contact, non-judgmental face, and allow them to get it out and don't react to it. That'll show them that you can take what there in, is inside of them and not react to it. It gives you power. They also lash out and they're impulsive. You, the main thing with these people is to condition them over time to be safe. Do not react to their antics. All right. If you have a partner that is keeping track of your faults, <laughs> some partners do this. Obviously, the goal is do not give them ammunition. Be a free and loving person. Do not start arguments. Be respectful. Acknowledge them. Be supportive and encourage. And if you do those things, far less likely to give them a bullet list of items to use against you. If your partner starts to withhold sex or love from you because they have some other issue going on, do not get angry, do not withdraw. You, I'm talking about. If you get angry or withdraw, they're going to use it against you because if they're withholding sex or love, they're doing it for a reason. Then when you bring it out, it's going to reinforce their reasons. The best thing to do is to openly acknowledge this if it's been happening for a while. Let them know. Say, hey, I, I can see something's going on with you that you're, it's affecting you and stressing you out. And I love you and care for you. It's important to me. If you can tell me, that would be great. That's one, app, one way to do it. Um, not every way. Got to be careful about these things. All right. There we go. We understand why women, partners, sabotage relationships, fear of abandonment, fear of intimacy, commitment, feelings of inadequacy, feelings of no self-worth, they're sensitive to rejection. We talked about all the different techniques they use, and we talked about how you become the fox to reverse the trap and don't fall into these methods of sabotage. If you fall into this, you're aiding and abetting your partner to achieve their goal of sabotage. Do not allow it to happen. Become the fox. All right. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Climbing Henge Podcast. <laughs>